0: everybody welcome back to the monday morning faith podcast my name is emily i live in vancouver canada and i'm here to talk to you guys today about love in action uh we're gonna talk about it um as it's written in romans uh chapter 12 starting in verse 9 so if you wanted to grab your bibles or follow on the bible app or if you just want to simply listen we're gonna dive right in once again that's romans Chapter 12, verse 9 is where we're starting, and today we're talking about love. And just a reminder, um, sometimes love is easy, and sometimes love is hard, and I know we all know what that's like, but we're going to talk about both types of love that God calls us to share with the world, a love that is easy and naturally flows, and a love that is hard and challenging. And so we're going to talk about this um, according to the scripture today. Um. Okay, so let's start off in Romans 12, verse 9, which says, Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. So, love must be sincere. Well, it's certainly easy to be sincere in your love when you're with someone who you love immensely, who has done many things for you who's shown you how much they love you it's easy to reciprocate that sometimes but to be devoted to one another in love when you feel like that person has hurt you or around you is so much more difficult and I know what we we all know what that's like I love how the scripture calls us to be devoted to one another in love but it also calls us to hate what it is evil So we must love our enemies, but that doesn't mean to approve of what they're doing. And that can be really difficult when we are so opposed to the evil ways or something that's just truly wrong. How do we love someone like that? Um, It's a really big call that God asks of us, but it's our job to try and... uh, Obey the scripture and obey the laws and live fruitful lives. It says in verse 11, never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual favor serving the Lord. So, the way I read this text is that God is calling us to love, and our love is a way of serving the Lord. And I think, in a practical application sense, when we go out into the world, And we are able to show love when others are not. That is a reflection of Jesus Christ in us. Which is absolutely the most beautiful thing a Christian can do at many times. Is to love the person who others aren't willing to. It shows just tremendous love and mercy and goodness. And all the fruits of the spirit which God calls us to be for his purpose. And it's just really difficult to do and it can be awkward and put you in a bad position. Almost imagine like a kid getting bullied at school and, you know, you think what they've done is embarrassing too and everyone's rallying around them, making fun of them, but then you go and you show them love and you offer them to sit with you at the lunch table and you, you know, support them and show love to them. Now that's really hard to do because, It's awkward and no one else is going to do it. But that's what it means to be devoted to one another in love. Even when it's awkward, even when it puts you in a weird social position, even when it makes you uncomfortable. um, That is how we can truly, truly serve the Lord. In verse 12, it says, Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. And that is so good be joyful in hope. I mean, we can hope for many things in this world. Sometimes we hope for money to go on a shopping spree. We hope for a nicer car. We hope that we will be able to pay our rent this month. And it's hard to be joyful in a waiting season in hope for something. And sometimes we hope for really big things. We hope for a child. We hope that someone will be healed and experience a miracle and be saved. We hope for um restoration in communities like where we've just seen this large earthquake worldwide affecting then so many people and over 20,000 lives lost, you know. We hope for restoration in those communities, but it's so hard. How do you be joyful on that? Well, God calls us to be, and he gives us all the keys to do so in scripture. Let's come back to that, but keep that as a thought for now. Patient in affliction. So once again, in the midst of all these afflictions, God calls us to be patient. For if we didn't have to be patient, I want to remind you that we would be in heaven. If God gave us everything and we had to hope for nothing... And in all of our pain and suffering, our afflictions, God solved everything immediately. We would have no reason to be hopeful or patient. And we wouldn't experience the joy and growth that comes in those things. As horrifically difficult as it can be at times, depending on what it is. God also says in that verse be faithful in prayer. And sorry, it's not God speaking, it is Paul speaking. But um, I do believe that these are the words of God that he would have put in Paul's mouth through the spirit and so um, Paul says here be faithful in prayer and I think sometimes we can read words like faithful and just quickly brush past them and not give too much thought because we've seen that word a thousand times but let's go back to what faithful means faithful means to put all of your hope and trust and your persistence into God and so it says be faithful in prayer. So that means to put all of your hope, trust, and everything you have into your prayer and know and believe that God will be uh, faithful to you in return. And that can be hard to do, once again in the midst of suffering, but let's go on to see how God helps us with these things. It says to share with the Lord's people who are in need. That is also one of the greatest calls in scripture and especially in the gospel is to share with the needy, the poor, uh, those in need. And I would just encourage you today, wherever you are in the world, uh, find one way today that you can share something with someone in need. Um, Maybe it's a family member. Maybe it's a friend. Maybe it's someone who's homeless um, or who's just really needing uh, god's love and provision right now and i challenge you and encourage you to be a person who's willing to do the, something small today um and to share the lord's love with others in verse 14 the word says bless those who persecute you Ooh, now we all know that's kind of difficult Bless those who persecute you. How? (laughs) A lot of the time it's so hard. Those who make fun of you. Those who mock you. If you believe in the word. God says we can expect that. Um, For they mock Jesus. So certainly they will mock you as well. Um, So as Christians. I think the sooner we get used to the persecution. And accept it. um, The more easy we. It becomes to show love and to bless those who show us such hardship and uh rejection. And um to show love to them is a true call, and to be devoted in love to them is just incredibly difficult. Now that doesn't mean to put up with abuse and bullying of any kind, of course that is completely against the gospel and against scripture. Um but it does say to show love to them. And that just means to reflect the goodness of God um, when you're around them or in your presence with them. And once again, that doesn't mean to tolerate abuse at all. So just remember that um, you have the ability to portray yourself uh, verbally and uh, physically in a way that is loving at all times. You have that ability. I didn't say, and Scripture does not say that that would be easy. I certainly have lacked, especially in that area, many times throughout my entire life, and um, it's something that I'm constantly lo- working on. And I like that this part of Scripture in my NIV translation is called "Love and Action," because uh, actions are continuous, and that is how um, these calls that God's bringing us to, like, to be devoted to another in love. It's a continuous motion, and um, sometimes there's ups and downs. Um, We're not perfect, otherwise we'd be Jesus, but it's our job to try as Christians or people who are coming to know God. Um, It says, rejoice with those who rejoice, mourn with those who mourn. I love that because that's asking us to reflect God's uh, compassion and sympathy that he shines on us every day. His grace and His mercy that He shows each one of us individually through the forgiveness of our sins and all of His daily provisions. Um, And so I love that He's asking us to do that for others as well. Because um, people who don't know God and who are unbelievers or people who haven't um, felt a really big connection with God just yet They might not be feeling God's love or willing to recognize it or even able to recognize it. And that is really difficult. And I've lived seasons of my life like that. And it's really hard to not feel like anyone's working for good for you and that no one loves you or anything like that. Like That's a hard season to go through. And there's some people who have lived their entire lives like that. And so... God calls us to show these people love, to rejoice with them when they rejoice and to mourn with them when they mourn. And it's easier... I think people would think it's easier to rejoice with those who rejoice, but I think when your enemy rejoices, it's really hard to rejoice. And think about jealousy too. If your coworker gets a promotion you wanted and your coworker's not... very nice person they steal they cheat they lie how can you bring yourself to rejoice with them that's a difficult call but um through the spirit of god and through his love that he gives us we're able to project that love onto others it just takes a lot of work and practice and it takes a lot of prayer um joy hope and patience um especially and so It's also hard when we're having a great season, we're excited, a lot of things are going well for us and someone else in our lives is going through something difficult, a big loss perhaps, and they're mourning. And it's difficult to jump down to that level of sadness and despair with them, to sit beside them and be with them in it when we're doing so well ourselves. But I just want to remind you that God has shown you so much mercy and God was right there with you when you were mourning. And He's always there with you on your worst days. So imagine how meaningful it could be to someone for you to step down to the depths to which God stepped down for you and to sit with someone and to be there for them in their time of loss and mourning. And imagine just how big of an impact that could have on someone's life. None of these things are easy. But I would argue that following God is not easy. And this is what leads to a fulfilling life, in my true opinion, Um, is to try and emulate um, Jesus' life as much as possible. Obviously, we can't be without sin, um, and we are natural sinners. But to emulate God's love for us is like in my opinion the biggest blessing we could ever be to this world Um, because others won't do it people who are unbelievers typically will not do things like that it'll set you apart but in the most beautiful way Um, and that's something to be proud of and speaking of proud uh, verse 16 says live in harmony with one another do not be proud but be willing to associate with people of a low position do not be conceited I think sometimes people, when they are emulating God's love and they are doing things that God's calling them to do in their life, can be very proud and There's a good type of proud and a bad type of proud, and um I'll probably do a whole different episode just on pride eventually, but um so stay tuned for that, but in the meantime um a conceited proud is never a good thing where you uh place yourself above others. It's hard to be humble, especially when you feel like you're doing good works when not a lot of people are, but it's really paramount that we attempt our very best to be willing to associate with people of low position, as the Bible says, and that can be difficult. Um, Also, it isn't saying there that you need to be best friends with people who are walking in sin that you need to immerse yourself in that that's on the contrary Um, if you immerse yourself with groups of people who are living in sin you can certainly expect to be tempted constantly by their sin um, by their greed their lust um, their drunkenness their gossip and it's understandable that we're going to sin from time to time because we are human but To take on excessive temptation is not what God wants for us. He wants us to love those people, but that doesn't mean to attend every party with them and to go on every shopping spree. And I just love when it says don't be conceited because it is a real temptation to be conceited when comparing yourselves to these types of people. And... I've been one of those people. At times, I can be one of those people. I'm not without sin. Um, and neither are you. And that is okay, because God's love and mercy is there with us regardless. Um, it also says, don't repay anyone with evil for evil in verse 17 of Romans chapter 12. I'll say that again. Don't repeat repay anyone's evil for evil. Revenge is so difficult to turn down when we feel like people are on us. It's hard when you feel like someone's done a bad job or has hurt you, not to manipulate the situation just a touch and, you know, kind of say something to a certain person to get them to do an action that would result in your favor too kind of play God and reverse the situation back into your favor. Let's take an example. Um this is a fictitious example, um fully fictitious. Let's say I have a sister and she winds up stealing um some of my jewelry to wear to a party and then she posts online and like brags about it and Um, I see on social media later, and I'm really hurt by it, and next weekend, uh, I see her favorite blue dress hanging in the closet, and I think to myself, hmm, she told me never to wear that one, because it's her favorite, and I weigh a bit more weight than her, so I could potentially, like, stretch it out, or damage it, if I wear it out of the house, it could get stained, and she told me not to wear it, um... So I'm just going to take it. Well, that's a terrible way to repay evil with evil. And obviously in this example, it's not the most evil scenario to borrow jewelry and clothing, but it is when it's against, it's not a very proper thing to do when it's against what someone has asked of you. And then take that same example. And instead of borrowing that blue dress, I go downstairs still feeling wrong. And I go into the kitchen and I say to our mom, I say, You know, it's just so hurtful how, you know, my sister took my jewelry. Like, that's so hurtful. And I just, I can't believe she would do something like that. Like, I wonder if she just doesn't appreciate the jewelry she has. Now, that is also repaying evil with evil. Because let's assume both me and my sister are adults in this scenario. Um, We especially have no reason to involve uh, our mom in this discussion and by me going downstairs and saying things like oh well I guess she just doesn't appreciate the jewelry she has and I can't believe she would take mine all that's doing is planting a seed it's gossip first of all and it's manipulative because I'm trying to say that to get the mom to intervene in the situation without actually asking her to um and that hopefully in that scenario that the mom would get the other sister in trouble So, as you can see, it's not right to repay evil for evil. That's obviously a very um, light-hearted example of it. There's obviously a lot more serious issues in the world. Um, But it's not our job to play God, which is what we're going to get to shortly here. It says, be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge. Live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge. It is hard to live at peace with someone when you feel like they've hurt you and wronged you. And to not take revenge. I would argue that there's many other strategies. uh, The Bible and God, the Holy Spirit, gives us daily um, to equip us to deal with people who have hurt us. Um, So I would encourage you guys to seek out the spirit's guidance in everything but especially when you feel hurt and you feel hot tempered or you feel saddened um don't react out of those emotions uh turn to god turn to prayer um turn to his word and seek a solution in those ways because you will feel a lot more grounded and you will probably respond a lot better than if you respond out of uh hot emotion. And the spirit can definitely guide you to try and live more peacefully with people that have hurt you and prompt you to have better communication with them. Um, because instead of taking revenge, perhaps you could tell them how you're feeling and make peace with them. And that's a good way to get to peace. Um, but it can be difficult. Some people are hard to talk to. So that's what I would especially say to turn to the word and the spirit and maybe even turn to some other trusted People that are, um, yeah, trusting people in your life. And it says, Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge, I will repay, says the Lord. Well, I think sometimes we really want to play God. Like that example I gave where we try and get around being gossipy or, you know, overtly taking revenge, we try and manipulate the situation um, to try and play God. And I think a lot of times when I look back on situations I've tried to manipulate and have probably resulted differently, I wonder what would have happened and how would have God intervened if I had never tried to manipulate the situation in the first place. It certainly doesn't show love, as we talked about earlier, the action of love, um, which as I stated, it has a lot of up and downs, but it most certainly does not show love to try and take revenge or play God and take the situation into your own hands. We see all throughout the Bible what happens when humans try and exert control um, beyond what human control should even remotely look like. Um, God is our counselor, the mighty counselor. He is the one in control. He has the world in his hands. And if he could form the oceans and the sea... Do you simply not think he could help you with this scenario? He knows how numerous the grains of the sand are throughout the world. He can certainly understand what you're going through. Um, It's difficult in hard situations to bring things that are troubling you to God because you feel like he's not going to talk back. It's not like talking to a real quote-unquote person. But talking to God with repetition will build a relationship And that relationship will guide you much further than any human possibly can. It's just a matter of breaking that barrier through faithfulness and hope and petition. uh, Just as we talked about earlier on. So I encourage you not to play God. I encourage you to show love. To not take revenge. But to take the high road. And in taking the high road, don't be conceited. But rather show love to others when it's hardest, and God will be with you the whole time, and I can't guarantee, and neither would anyone, that the outcome would be good, that it's kind of like the prosperity, like, false gospel, in my opinion, like, that whole belief that if you give money, God's going to give you money back, and, which I believe to be false, and that's a huge part of, like, false doctrine, and, like, Other stuff like that. But I think that sometimes we think that by doing good, God's going to be good back to us. So if I go feed a homeless person, well, then God's going to do something good for me. And that's the wrong attitude to go into it. And that is not promised anywhere. And if you go feed a homeless person, you should be doing it expecting nothing in return. And in Luke, it actually says, uh, lend without expecting anything. Um, So lend your time, lend your heart, lend your love. And don't expect anything in return. And that is how you truly lay down your life for others with love the way Jesus did. And it's hard and we're going to mess up and we're not going to get it right all the time. And sometimes things can actually go wrong or feel worse before they get better for sure. But it says in verse 20 of Romans 12, If your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. And... It's hard to love everyone, but I know you can do it through the power of God. Because in verse 21, it says, don't overcome evil. Oh, sorry. It says, don't be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. I'll say that again. In verse 21, Romans 12, it says, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. You're called to be the light of the world and Love others as God has loved you. So in the midst of your difficulties today, whatever they may be, turn your face to God, bring the situation to him, and ask him for help to love others and overcome evil with good, his good, and let it flow out from you. Today I'm actually going to close in prayer, and this is a prayer you can repeat silently or out loud, or just simply listen to. Dear Father in heaven above, I'm sorry I haven't always been able to love others as you loved me. I know how difficult this is, but I surrender the difficulties of this task to you. I ask that you would guide me, my heart and my mind, that you would give me the right words to say, and that you would help me act in a way that is God-honoring and bring others to feel your love. Would you use me in this situation and in all situations to exhibit the love of Jesus Christ to all on earth? Would you help me to live at peace? Would you help me to choose to turn the other cheek and not repay evil for evil? Would you help me to not be conceited in my righteousness? God, I trust you. With the love you've given to me, I only ask that you would help me give it to others in return now. In you, sovereign Lord, our mighty Father in heaven, I thank and I trust in. In your name we pray. Amen. So thank you guys for joining me today to talk a bit about love, easy love, hard love, enemies and everything in between. So thank you guys for listening and I will catch you guys next time. Have a great day and rest of your week.